Welcome to the, the Cinezone. Is that like the Twilight Zone? No, this is our new podcast name, The Cinezone. Welcome to The Cinezone, citizens. This is uh, podcasting with David and Matt, Cinezone, episode one, take two, with a card reader that works. Hey, everyone, and welcome to But That's Just My Opinion, the podcast hosted by me, Matt Landtrip. And me, David Navarro. Where we interview people sometimes about their opinions on topics that they choose. And sometimes about nothing at all, because screw it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we just talk to each other. Uh, yeah, and, that happens as well. Yeah, so this week we actually have our first guest as the two co-host format goes. Uh, it was it was an excellent experiment, I thought, and I think we did it all right. I think it worked out where only one of us was talking. You know, we never really talked over each other except for a couple times, I think. No, because when we actually have a guest, guest, we're respectful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we like listened a lot. No, I don't think you're respectful at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> you were very rude to me, a little curse. <laughs> How? Uh, uh, I think when you listen to the podcast again, you will understand that you're just generally a dick to me. <laughs> I, th- I think you missed I, you missed editing out all the dickishness that you actually... Oh, no. I know I'm a dick to you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's still in there then. We didn't improve that. That's still <laughs> part of the podcast. But that's because that's just a relationship me and you have. As fortunate or unfortunate as it might be. Uh, but, I mean, we also have good conversations. We do. Hence, I just, hence the co-host. I just, host I can't be, for some, like, I can be serious for a while, but every once in a while, I just like to throw in jokes. You did. Um, there was one, God, there's one that I remember, you know, it's going to be on this podcast and I just can't remember where it is, but there's a joke you made that like didn't land with me or Kirk and like, but you dropped it and we we're just like, yeah, we, we recognize what you're doing there, <laughs> but we're not, neither one of us are going to acknowledge that it's a joke. We're just like going to respect the space for a moment. That may or may not be in the episode. <laughs> I hope it is. I hope you didn't edit it out. I haven't edited the episode yet. Oh, good. So there's still hope. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this week we got our buddy Kirk on, and we're talking about why Batman should kill people or why he shouldn't kill people. And for the most part, I get caught up on like two things, as per usual. <laughs> yeah, and, you and, get caught up on the way wrong aspects. And that just got us stuck for like a half an hour. But I think it was still like, I think I learned a lot. Um, I think really the meat of the, like, the philosophy of the question uh, still needs to be dug out. Um, but there's something in there. I really enjoy uh, that opinion, and I think Kirk, I think I Kirk think, brought it. Like Kirk had a great argument. Oh, yeah. I think. I mean, Kirk busted in a notebook with Batman on the cover, and then started like he had like points and arguments to make that he had like written down and made sure. Like he is way more organized than either one of us is about our podcast. Well, I mean, that's what we expect from our guests. Oh, exactly. We don't no. expect. <laughs> we we give the illusion that we are doing great things and we are very professional. And really, that was the most professional setup I've ever used for a podcast. Oh, yeah. when we bust out the three people, mm-hmm. I got to use the full mixing board. Took like half an hour to figure out because we were getting some weird sounds. It all did look very official. Uh, and Matt was fiddling with bars and like knobs and dials for like a half an hour. And yeah. me and Mike are just sitting there, and me and if Kirk you, are just sitting there just chatting. Yeah, if you ever notice like me just not talking for a while, it's because I'm checking levels and Fiddling. playing with the mix. Yeah, I'm playing with the mixing board, which I haven't brought out in a while. Right. So that's that's why I go silent at certain points. But David actually didn't know that much about Batman and the DCU. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a DC uh, noob, as it were. Um, I've learned more because of this podcast, uh, and I think that there's still more for me to unravel. Uh, for me, comic books, I like Marvel. I like a lot of the indies. I like Dark Horse. Something about DC just like... I, th- I think what it is is the no real world connection. The fact that it's like in Gotham and in Metropolis as opposed to like in New York. Something about that I think kind of like turns me off. Also just like I've never been turned on by the characters. I think mostly because Superman. Like I've always liked the symbology of Superman and like the, histori- the, the history of Superman. But I've never enjoyed a Superman comic. 
I get you. I think it's because he is so like overpowered and just like the end all be all of superheroes. I could see yeah. that. But if you get in everything past Superman, really great stuff. Like even when they did the reboot a couple of years ago, Wonder Woman became a uh, part of Greek mythology. And that's cool. And like, look, don't get me wrong. Like, I respect the fact that a lot of people are working really hard on writing those comics. And I'm sure there's a lot of really great writers that are doing that stuff. What it comes down to me is like when I think of like comic book characters, Batman's all right. Like Batman's one of the better ones. I never think of Batman as a superhero. Batman's a really cool detective. He's an anti cool dude. Yeah, I mean, like he, I link to him. Like he's a worse version of the Punisher in my head. Okay, I could see that. But that's just me, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Kirk was here. We had a great time. Good discussion. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy nerding out any chance I get. Oh yeah, and you nerded out hard. Yeah. Well. I do I do mess up at one point and I do correct myself. So any of you nerds out there that are like, no, that's not how it happened. I do on one of the major issues with uh, Jason Todd. Uh, spoiler alert, man. I'm, no, alert. I'm just saying there's a part where we bring up Jason Todd right. and I am incorrect at one point and I make sure I correct it like two, th- it's like two to five minutes later. I stop everyone. I'm like, I have to get this correction out because it's bugging me that I got it wrong. I don't. I don't think. And I didn't look it up. I just remembered it. I misremembered it. I don't think it's fair for you to to pre pre uh, apologize for that. I think. Well, I don't want them to write listeners? their. I don't want no, no, them no, no. to write their angry comments no, 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 before no. I fix it. No, 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 listeners. I'm giving you full permission when when he makes his egregious mistake. I want you to immediately write the most harmful, angry comment at Matt uh, directly. at at him. Uh, and now you wonder why I throw snide <laughs> remarks your way. <laughs> because I, I'm trying to pit the listeners against you. I want to have a coup where the listeners throw you off the show and it becomes my podcast. That's with- never going to happen no. <laughs> because the day you try to do that, this just stops. Yeah, that's true. So okay. good luck doing this on your own. Listeners still, I think you should write in your angry comments at Matt. Uh, or at David. What an egregious mistake enough. he made about Todd Jason. <laughs> A uh, nice purposeful mistake there. So comedy, comedy. All right, we're having fun here, guys. <laughs> uh, we have fun. Here. We have fun here. So nothing stops the fun more. It's like I, that's I, the whole point of yeah, saying. No, no. It. Have you? It's like I, I, I did that. I told that to Will. Right, and that's, that's where that started. But have you ever? Have you ever noticed? Like I've never questioned if a joke was funny more than if someone says after I tell the joke, "That's funny." funny. <laughs> the second someone says, "That's funny," after a joke as opposed to laughing, I question whether or not that joke is funny so hard. There's people that genuinely just say that's funny. Yeah, f those people. I hate. Them. All right, we're getting off topic. So there's no topic yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, we got to get into an interview. So before we do that, normally, not all the time, but. Most of the time, I would give my opinion on something before we got into the interview, and David today wanted to go over the Oscar winners from this past Sunday. La La Land isn't that good. Uh, That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to think the actual amount of movies that I saw that were nominated, and I don't think I saw any. I've seen a good handful. I haven't seen Manchester by the Sea. I haven't seen Lion. I haven't seen Moonlight. Those are the three that are on my list of things I have to see soon. Those being said... La La Land was not that good of a movie. And I know a lot of people disagree with me. Fight them. I'm, I'm not going to do it on this podcast, but maybe one day, mm-hmm. if you bring boxing gloves and, and a, we meet in a ring, I'll fight you for $80 million. <laughs> Floyd May- Mayweather money. Mm-hmm. Money uh, Mayweather. Money Mayweather. Writers write in. <laughs> look, at his, look at his mistakes. This is disgusting. Tell uh, him how stupid <laughs> he is. 
and the Facebook chat. All right. So we got. So I mean, obviously, the biggest deal of the night was that uh, that gaff. Yeah, the Steve uh, Steve Harvey mistake. Yeah, where uh, Warren? Did you see Warren Buffett's like explanation? He's like, I was, I saw it said that Emma Stone or not Warren Warren Beatty. <laughs> Warren Warren Buffett. Buffett's not. <laughs> you know the billionaire oh commenters. <laughs> please tell Matt how silly he is for his just continuing mistake. It's early. It is early in the morning. He hasn't had coffee yet. He drove a whole half an hour. Yeah, and I woke up late, so I was out of my. I was literally showered. Got everything ready and out to my car in 20 minutes. That's pretty slow. I could do it faster. I was still, I just woke up. I slept through my alarm. So, yeah. So the Warren Beatty mistake where he, he didn't want to read it, which technically if you look at it, Faye Dunaway was the one who just took it and read it. And he was trying to show her like, like, hey, this isn't right. Up, right. Yeah. So, but everyone's going to remember him for it, but he, but he was like, it said Emma Stone and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And then, oh, and the La La Land people got so pissed at that. I don't know if you noticed, like right at the end of the last dude who's talking, he says, oh, we didn't win by the way. And then another guy comes in. So there's that. Yeah. I think is the director who comes in. I forget. No, he wasn't the director. I think he was one of the main producers. One of the the dudes comes in, the guy who like just finished or like finished i think he spoke like second or something he comes over no, he's the first guy to speak he's the first guy to speak so he comes back over and he's like no there's been a mistake there's been a mistake moonlight, uh, moonlight you guys won best picture. picture and it's like so unceremonious and like weird and like everyone's like stops for a moment he's like no no no, it's not a joke like there's been a mistake like, you won one. and like everyone on stage is freaking out and then yeah and then jimmy kimmel comes out and makes a couple jokes about steve harvey yeah and like warren try, Beatty yeah. explains himself but I mean, at least I will say the uh, the guy who like was like Moonlight, you won. He at least you know he threw a good. I mean, obviously you're mad in that moment where you just thought you won Best Picture at the and Oscars and you didn't. didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I mean, at least winning. he goes. I mean, the comment that I appreciated was, you know what? I'm very happy to give this to a to a friend and very deserving filmmaker. I so disagree. I think that was such a shitty thing. Like, here's the thing. That was like he was no, so I mean, mad when he said that that I don't trust a single. See, part. I don't think he. I don't think he was mad. I, obviously, he was mad at the awards show. For yeah, he's not up. mad at Moonlight. Obviously, right, no, absolutely. Which is why I like you know. Obviously, he's mad. And he's like, but, look, it says Moonlight, and I think, I think he was generally like, yo, we didn't win, but at least you know, I'm happy to give this to another deserving. Yeah, he also, he also, if you watch carefully, he snatches the, the card out of Warren Beatty's hand, and then when when Jim, oh yeah, yeah when, when Jimmy they're trying Kimmel to show there, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel standing there. And I think Jimmy Kimmel even calls out how dumb it is for like him to make that gesture of like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel really good about handing it to my friends over at Moonlight. <laughs> and Jimmy Kimmel's like, that's very nice of you. <laughs> like, Jimmy Kimmel like is even a little bit put down of like, I mean, just shut up and just get off the stage. At this I point. know. I mean, he at least I feel like that was him just being like, all right, I just got real bad on this, so let me just yeah. say something nice. I'll leave, and then I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nuts to uh, whoever whoever handed. Whoever handed out the wrong card. Yeah, and my question is, how do you reseal that? Because that award had already been announced. So how do you reseal and hand back out? Maybe they just actually only had two. I don't think so. Yeah, because also you awarded um, what's his face right after? Uh, Because it went Emma Stone, uh, best lead actress, Casey Affleck, and then Casey Affleck, and then back to Emma Stone. Maybe Emma Stone is behind this. Maybe Emma Stone put her name back <laughs> in the card and put it back on She's top like, of the stack. I'm going to make sure we win this. Like, We're going to win La La Land, goddammit. <laughs> like, whoa, Emma Stone. 
We know you look like a crack whore, but come on. Pump you. Whoa. You didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see that. Right, because you didn't watch it. Uh, no, I... Okay, so full disclosure, I only know about this because everyone was blowing up online. I did not actually watch the Oscars, right. A, because I did not see most of the movies, and B, well, I'm over it at this point. It's, well, let it's, me explain it's gotten so thing. pretentious, and just everyone... It's all... That Honest, aside, that honestly, aside. and also, I didn't want to sit there and be virtue signaled for like four hours. Sure, sure, but so they did because uh, it was Jimmy Kimmel um, yeah. hosting. They did a an Oscars mean tweets version. Okay, uh, in which Emma Stone read a tweet that said Emma Stone looks like a crack whore in every role she plays, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. I think Emma Stone looked awful in La La Land. I think she she must have lost. And don't get me wrong, I think Emma Stone is gorgeous, but it feels like she lost some weight recently, and like. And maybe she's always been this thin, but to me, in La she La hasn't Land, always been this thin. If you compare her to when she was in Superbad, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, she's like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say she's too thin. Like Emma Stone, like be as thin as you want to be, but like, but not unhealthily. Well, thin. I don't think she's unhealthily thin. I think there's a point though where there's sometimes in La La Land and in the award show where like I looked at her and I was like, oh no, too thin. We're like, I don't think she's too thin, but like, a certain angles. You know, certain motions. I guess she's like, oh no, I can see bone. I can see. Just, it was know. a little. It was unflattering for her. Yeah, and I think she's a beautiful woman. I'm not going to say she's not. I don't think she looks unbeautiful because she's thin. I, I don't know. Again, yeah, I know. I get, I get what topic. you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. So yeah, so that was the me, yeah, <laughs> that was the biggest gaffe. We'll talk about you putting on weight. Um, I'll make cookies. There's, and mac and cheese. I mean, I make then, a boss mac. Honestly, I really. That's the thing for me, like. When I look at it, like, I in college, when I was going to film school and stuff, like, obviously, I cared about all this stuff, and I cared about seeing all the independent films. And right now, I think TV's better, so I kind of just gave up on movies. And half the, half the, and I've realized over the years, like, I look back, and as I've grown up and got out of my pretentious film school phase, I'm like, I really don't care about this stuff about making me think. I got into movies in the first place to be entertained and to have fun. That's all I've ever wanted to do was just have fun and be entertained. And most of these movies are not fun and entertaining. They're like, oh, I'm going to make you think and feel bad. Hey, La La Land was fun and entertaining. I'm yeah. not thinking of a movie. I, I mean, I should... Passengers s- was nominated for set design or something dumb. Yeah. And that was a any, really bad any, movie any featuring space, our favorite actors. Any space movie Jennifer always Lawrence gets... Chris Pratt. Yeah. Any space movie will always get hey, uh, hey, some hey, design. Ar- oh, Arrival was a thinky. Yeah. No, I mean, I want to see Arrival... But hey, Sausage the Party wasn't nominated for anything, even though it had the best song of the year. <laughs> like, that is dumb. That is dumb, guys. All right. In a year where we're, like, freaking out over a musical and we're not going to throw out Sausage Party for their original piece? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That song is amazing. I don't know it. I will have to find it. You haven't seen Sausage Party? No. Dude, I have uh, it on Blu-ray. Take it. It's on Netflix now. Matt, it's on Netflix. Watch it now. Oh, well, I will. So, yeah. So, that's that's kind of why I didn't watch it just i just i'm i'm kind of over it all and i honestly i ended up watching ultimate beastmaster the entire time that new <laughs> show on netflix okay. and i had a lot more fun doing that and i planned out the rest of my washington trip for well, this summer luckily so Matt, i think i spent my time a lot better than watching the oscars sure. and and luckily i think the most important thing is we've now talked about all the controversy from the oscars we can move on to the actual podcast okay well i thought you wanted to talk about more no that's a whole podcast. You by said itself. you you said you wanted to talk about the winners. No, I just wanted to talk about Moonlight La La Land. I just wanted to say La La Land isn't that good of a movie. 
Okay. I'm not going to go over all of these things. I mean, Jesus. I know. Yeah. Uh, okay. We got okay. a podcast to host. Okay. We, let's do... All right. The two more awards you want to talk about. We'll do two more, and then we'll wrap it up. Um. Yeah. Best song should have gone to, to Sausage Party, who wasn't even nominated. And then... Uh, and then went to La La Land, And then Land, best right? animated movie should have gone to Anything But Zootopia, because that movie's hot garbage. <laughs> what, was el- what else was nominated? For best animated, like Kubo and the Two Strings... Um, I forgot what else. Piper was Let's nominated see. for Piper won short. for a short. Yeah. Piper won. Did it? Yeah. Oh, good. All right. So you got yeah, Red Turtle, Kubo, My Life is a Zucchini, Moana, and Zootopia, and, and Kubo it's like, and the Two Strings, and it's like oh, and Red Turtle, and it's yeah. like fuck you. Why did Zootopia win? Zootopia is hot garbage. Have you seen Zootopia? I have. I've it's not seen garbage. any of these. Um, yeah. I mean, granted, here's the thing. I haven't seen Moana. I haven't seen Kubo and the Two Strings. I haven't seen My Life is a Zucchini. Uh, everyone who's and seen I this haven't seen Red Turtle. <laughs> so I've only seen Zootopia, and, and I'm shocked that there wasn't a better animated movie that came out this year. I've heard from everyone Kubo is great. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing: I wanted to see Kubo so bad, but no one would go see it with me, and I never had the time to go see it by myself. Hmm. But like, no one wanted to see it for some reason. You so can I still hit see me that. up. I I know, Matt. You never hit me up outside sorry, of the podcast Matt. anymore. I'm sorry, Matt. Is that all I am to you? Work? Hey, Will. Let's all go you, watch Kubo the Two Strings. Oh, I'm right in front of you. you won't even, God, no, yeah, but we'll, we'll hear this on Thursday and then text me and say, okay, let's go. Okay. All right. Well, that's our quick Oscar recap. And for anyone who didn't know what was going on. And, and now here's Kirk with Batman. <laughs> so, yeah, now we're going to get into the interview with Kirk. I think everyone who's a nerd will enjoy it. Anyone who has seen any of the Batman films will enjoy it because you get the uh, sense. And we even talk about how they're. We don't go into it too much. We mainly stick to comics, but we do talk a, a minute, uh, yeah, you know, a few minutes on the film mm-hmm. here and there, and even the new one where Batman technically does kill people. Swear to me, <laughs> where Batman does kill people in the new one, and uh, swear to me. Yeah, I, I think it's fun. It's it's a really we go real deep on Batman. Yeah, no, we we did a we did a great show. Like we do Batman. a psychological breakdown. Mm-hmm. So, well, enjoy. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. Swear to me. <laughs> All right, I'm done. You get your first. I get I get my first. Uh, well, no, it's actually my second first because I <laughs> he was. This is his first podcast as well. It's not my first podcast. No, it's not your first podcast. Well, this is your first podcast you've ever ran. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the conversation of first is getting to an absurd. Actually, level. false. This is not the first podcast I ever tried to start. Well, tried to start or have successfully ran. Uh, successfully ran first. Uh, I recorded two episodes with Tim and Jared once. What was it called? Tim and Jared? No. I I just thought Tim and Eric. Uh, no, we were trying to, I don't remember. We were, we didn't have a format or anything. So like we started at first, like trying to talk and like we were goofing around and stuff, just like throwing out ideas. But then we tried to record another episode like a week later and had no idea what we were doing. It was terrible. Mm. I, I want to. There's a couple podcast ideas that I have running around in my head. One is one is uh, corkboard versus educated, um, and that would be I I come to the table. It's be it would be me and Will, and I come to the table with all my corkboard conspiracy theories, and Will then explains to me why I'm dumb and why the political geoscape is much more complicated than I make it out to be. <laughs> yeah, I think Will be will be the best for that. Yeah, then I have I have another one called the pitch, where I don't I don't know if it would be like a one like a two people thing or like a rotating co-host. Um. But the pitch would be basically, we sit down and we're going to pitch ideas for stories and like movies and like it's half of what you do on this podcast already. <laughs> yeah, sort of. I'm. I'm. A, I've also. You've already pitched a terrible sequel. Uh-huh. To what? Uh, to uh, the Sixth Sense. It's called Ghost in the Closet. <laughs> uh, 
literally go back to our yeah. uh, go back to the one the split review episode yeah, at the end of that episode we talk about uh it was really dumb oh sense. my god it was it much was funnier when terrible. i was talking about it the first time uh it kind of fell flat a little bit in the podcast <laughs> uh, uh, no but, it wasn't funny when you were first talking about well, it. well no, no no when i was talking about it for, before i brought it onto the podcast the podcast oh, yes. it fell flat when i was first bringing it up to a friend of mine because i, d- I no sold the hell out of it yeah no absolutely <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually no. i'm starting a new video essay okay so i'm starting my video essay uh series um about it's called the audit and it's just kind of like educational things about stories and like yeah. storytelling and like what makes effective storytelling like what makes effective monsters mm-hmm. kind of spawned off of this podcast yeah um but now i'm starting a second one when I, when that's in off season because i'm gonna do eight episode seasons for that when i'm in off season i'm gonna do uh fix the movie and where i'm gonna talk about a movie that i think is not far away from being a great movie and then just like pitching the fix to like okay how do we clean up this movie to make it a better movie right uh, the first one's gonna be pacific Rim. I, I can make Pacific Rim better. I, I, oh, I, no. I believe you can. Yeah. I, I do have a really, really strong opinion about Pacific, Pacific Rim, but my thing on that is part of it is garbage. And, like, oh, that's, yeah. that's the story. There's garbage in there. But it's still, like, really near and dear to my heart. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah. It's, it's a great beat up movie. I will stand by mm-hmm. that. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm never going to sit here and say, like, oh, I didn't have any fun in that movie. Mm-hmm. I had plenty of fun watching robots fight monsters. You were the biggest pain in my ass during that movie. I was talking to Will the whole time. Why? I was sitting, oh, yeah. I did. Huh? Why were you talking to Will? Because, okay, have you seen were, a I'm, movie with Will and I? Or I Mike see, and I? I'm literally or Will and sitting, Mike and I? Well, not sitting next to you. Yeah, no. If me and Will see a movie together, we talk through the entire... Th- I'm a talker. I'm a movie dude, talker. Dude, I've seen movies with you. Yeah, you and hate it, it. We don't see movies no, together. No, 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 no. <laughs> because the couple times we've done it, it's been fine because uh-huh. we'll both like turn to each other and say like maybe two words. We don't talk the whole time. Oh, no. Me and you Will. and Will destroyed <laughs> that experience for me. But we had a great experience. Hey, yo, boy. I'm the reason hey, everyone got their money back. I love the movie, but they uh, it was the first showing they were doing, and the aspect ratio and sound was screwed up. Uh, I had to get my money back for that. Really? Do we see it when I got 21? Yeah. Then I got my money back for that. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. Because I went in there, I was like, listen, I love this movie, but the sound was off. You couldn't hear half of what was going on. Yeah, so, I remember and that. Then, uh, and we then, got a bad show. And then there was um, a part where subtitles were showing up. So it's halfway through the movie, and we have no idea the aspects ratio off until the subtitles right, where are cut, cut, off. cut off. I remember that. I remember <laughs> that now. Yeah. So all the, yeah, that was weird. I actually, um, on that topic, just for a moment, my father uh, worked in the movie industry for 40 years, something like that, 30 years. Cool. Um, he worked in he worked in post production and uh, he was post production supervisor for a long time. And then hey, like, that's one step stuff. above where I work. Yeah, so I'm like he worked he worked in for like MGM and he, he used to work in customer service. He did a lot of stuff. Um, for a long time though, he was working with actual film in hand and he was like processing and stuff. Uh, he is a total dick to movie theaters, or at least he used to be. There was a, there's a movie theater on San Carita. It's the Edwards Valencia. And he would go in, and every time we saw a movie, he would stop and talk to the manager. And he would explain to them all the things they're doing wrong about, like, their lumens on the bulb. And he would, like, talk about, like, okay, you're using the wrong bulb. You need to switch it out more often. Like, that's more than 10,000 hours in the bulb. I can see it in the color. And, like, my dad would, like, pick apart. And, like, this movie manager just, like, runs a small, or runs a theater business. Like, he just doesn't know everything about lumens and bulbs. Yeah. And so, like... Okay. He would always end up refunding my dad for tickets and stuff to the point where at, at after like five or six times where this guy knew my dad. Like when my dad showed up to the movie, he was like, oh, in about two hours, I'm going to have a conversation with this dude. He actually shifted like 20 free movie tickets onto my dad 
to like stop complaining. And so for like a year, my dad and I Ned didn't pay for a movie. <laughs> a stack. Wow. I would be like, hey, dad, I'm going to go see this movie. And he'd be like, oh, I got to take tickets. And I'd just like go and like take two free tickets. And then like he had a gift card with like $200 on it. And so I'd just like take that gift card and like take. Yeah. That it was just so. Just so, that, just so the manager didn't have to have that conversation anymore. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is my That's dad doesn't great. see movies anymore. <laughs> so like I think he just got tired of having to like complain about it all. Yeah. I mean, well, he's got a, you know, he's got a set standard that he yeah, wants to meet. Absolutely. And if he's going to pay $15 to go yeah, see a goddamn movie. He's not going to continually, you know, it's like I've talked to this guy multiple times. Obviously, he doesn't care enough to listen yeah, to someone. Yeah. So. can fix that shit. Why didn't your dad just go to a different theater? Because it's the theater that's down the street from his house. Okay. The other theater is like 20 minutes away. Yeah. When he want to go see a movie right now with his wife, he's not going to drive twenty minutes when he can drive five. Right, you know. I agree with that. Yeah, if your local theater sucks, then that, that sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fix your local theater. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like my local game shop sucks. I mean, it doesn't. But like, if it did, like, then I'd stop. I wouldn't stop shopping there. I would just like. How can hate I my help life. you guys make yeah, exactly. this better? Like, I'd pitch my ideas to help fix this game shop. Right. Oh, there's a good sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> The pitch, call it the pitch, where you go around to businesses that you like but aren't good enough, and the characters just pitch fixes to it. No, that's so a reality like, show. So Nathan, for you, just not funny. What's Nathan? For You've you? never seen Nathan for you. You know no. what Nathan for you? Yeah, is? it's the guy who goes around and like he'll go up to businesses and be like, "I can help you," and gives them the worst ideas ever, but and like let like them. Smart. They're they're smart and dumb at the same time. Yeah. Like there is this one where is this antique dealer. And they're like, oh, you know, like free pizza at the end. But they, everyone had to put on like a sumo suit and they moved all the stuff super close. <laughs> and they had a sign that said, you break it, you buy it. So as people were trying to get this free pizza in a sumo suit, they were breaking stuff along <laughs> the way. This person's like, I'm making money, but I don't want this stuff to be broken. That's brilliant. <laughs> and they're, that, he's the guy who created dumb Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Like a dumb cappuccino. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So he did dumb Starbucks. Free speech, motherfucker. There was one that was... Uh, um, there was It was on Ventura Boulevard, actually. Mm-hmm. There was some shop that wasn't getting a lot of business. And so on Ventura, you know, it's customers only for the restrooms. And they're mm-hmm. like, they're constantly, we get more people in here asking to use the restroom than we do actually eating food. Uh-huh. So they put TVs. And so they allowed the public to use the restrooms. Uh-huh. So they're the only one on the block with public restrooms. And then they put TV. So whenever anyone's going to the bathroom, they have to watch an advertisement for the restaurant. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so they actually saw like, like I think like every third or fourth person would end up getting a meal. Brilliant. Brilliant. What I would nice. do is then sell sell that ad space. Yeah, well, I mean the whole point is to <laughs> contact an advertisement agency. Yeah, but, <laughs> sell some but they're going to want to know how many people are coming in and Yeah, just keep track. So why not just do it for yourself and make your own money? That's a good point too. Average time they stay in there exactly. No, contact an advertisement and advertisement agency. So we we have a podcast that's not about this that we're talking about. Um Wow, we ladies, went, ladies we and went, gentlemen, let me introduce we our, almost our nine guest. minutes in on that. We did, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Matt Landtrip, and this is my podcast. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> and this is my guest. He today. loves doing that. <laughs> this is my guest today. You know what's funny is I'm going to link someone to this podcast, and I'm they're going to hear that. Yeah, and they're, they're going to think, think that I'm Matt, you. and they're going to think that you're David. And so they're going to listen to you and be like, "I'm not going to." Well, why, why does, does David Matt, sound like this way? And then, you, then they'll possibly go back to the old ones. And be yeah, like, so, uh, so I am, I'm actually uh, David Navarro. I'm the co-host of this podcast. But let me introduce our, our wonderful host, Matt Lantrip. Hello. What's going on, everyone? Um, so, yeah, today, after 
the ramblings on that we just had. The uh, voice mm-hmm. you heard in the background there was our friend uh, Kirk. Hey. Kirk Blackwood. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. This is this is exciting. This is his first podcast. We have most of our friends. It's their first time doing podcasts, so uh, it's fun to have everyone on. But today we have uh, we're going to nerd out on everyone like we don't normally, anyways. We're going to talk <coughs> about Batman. Me. Yeah, we're going to talk about Batman. I yeah. think this one is going to be a little more accessible to people because a lot of people have seen batman and i mean even what? if you've just seen yeah. the movies you still know a decent amount about i was gonna batman. say i yeah. don't know a ton about batman i'm i'm a dc novice uh, i don't know a lot about the okay. dc universe i know I, more I only about know, dc than i do i only know from peripherally like what you guys are talking about usually when you and yeah. daniel and and will and mike talk so that's really generally the only dc knowledge i get and justin as well yeah, yeah yeah i have i mean i'm not like full into it like kirk but i'm probably right in the middle of you guys uh-huh. Well, Good. well, let's turn to our yeah. Batman professional then in the room. Yeah. Oh, our so, expert. So we're talking about Batman, but we're not talking about just Batman in general. We're talking about a very specific thing about Batman. Yes. That Kirk has a strong opinion on. And what is that opinion, sir? Well, I think Batman should kill uh, at least his most violent villains. I know it's not a popular opinion, and I know it's one that I actually really want you guys to change my opinion on because it's not a healthy one <laughs> but okay. i why is it not healthy i mean i already uh, support you i already believe that you're right so, <laughs> so. yeah no i heard this and i was like you know what i could be swayed that way <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a topic where people just kind of get into the idea that like oh yeah batman he just he doesn't kill people well, then, that's what he should do how about i how about i advocate the devil on this one and i will tell you guys why you're wrong i'll pull up okay. the argument well i'm not i i'm definitely in the middle okay so I mean, I will I take the advocacy of the devil. All right. Oh, God. Oh, you do that on a daily basis. That's <laughs> not entirely true. It's kind of true. So, like, the David's advocate? The David's advocate. Well, are you saying I'm the devil? <laughs> that's, yeah. Kirk, yeah. that's a strong... Uh, we play D&D together. I'm one of your DMs, and yeah, goodbye. Goodbye to your character. Disadvantage on my next one. He's going to be murdered in the streets. <laughs> Brutally. It's not going to be pretty. So, the funny thing is, I actually have notes on my little Batman notebook. Uh, but like the first, the first point I want to get on it is just from the law of numbers. I think Batman should kill. Like, let's start with Joker. Batman beats the crap out of Joker, sends him to jail. He escapes. Every time he escapes, he normally kills about mm, dozen to maybe a hundred people. Uh, really, every single time. About that time, like between that, you know, sometimes it's like ah, I could just kill ten people. Next, it's like, hey, Batman, I just drowned like a whole apartment block of people to prove a point to you. Just from that... He doesn't always kill people, but most of the time he puts people in danger, so that way Batman has to choose whose life is more important. That's the biggest, That's the Joker's biggest MO, mm-hmm. is you have to choose. That's that's his whole thing. Right, so he forces... He forces, he forces you're going to... Yeah, and you can't be at both places at the same right. time. And the philosophical thing about like the, uh, the how do you choose life, like one person tied to a railroad track versus five people tied to a railroad track, mm-hmm. do you switch the thing. So he's putting Batman into the railroad switch, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. Batman tries his best to be at both places at the same time, like trying to figure out, like send someone here, send someone there. But do, does he ever? Does that ever uh, turn into a, a, a bird in the hand, bird in the bush situation where like he just can't be at both places? And oh yeah, he, totally. he loses both. You know? I mean, we see that from uh, that's irresponsible. The Dark Knight, where spoilers, the his main love interest dies because he chooses to go one place instead of the other. Right. 
Which and, Joker switched on him too as a cruel prank, right? Because yeah. he thought he was going to go save Rachel. Rachel, Rachel. <laughs> um, but in the end, he ends up saving a uh, uh, well, Harvey Dent, barely saving Harvey Dent, and actually not saving Harvey Dent at all. No. Uh, so Batman, Batman screwed up there. Um, is is part of Joker's point to like show Batman that he chooses wrong and that he is bad at because, right? I mean, in that sense, Joker knew to a certain extent that he was going to try and save Rachel, right? Because Harvey Dent was the ace in the hole, as we find out in the end. So was that point to make... This is off topic, but was the Joker trying to tell well, Batman I don't think, I don't that think it's he's bad for choosing Rachel over Harvey Dent? No, I think the whole point is just Joker wants chaos, mm-hmm. and he essentially wants Batman dependent on him. Okay. that doesn't. That's not so much in the movie, because it's the only introduction you have, but throughout the series, he wants Batman fully dependent on him, and like... You need me so that mm-hmm. way you can keep fighting crime. Right, right, so you can keep being Batman. Exactly. Without me, there is no Batman is essentially the Joker's MO. So he puts him in situations that are constantly going to drive him deeper and deeper into the hole of, right. oh, I need retribution for that. Doesn't Batman act. ultimately kill Joker in Killing Joke? Nope, not nope. even there. Well, uh, that that's debated. That's Right, That's it's implied that something happens off off panel. yeah it's there, a great scene. there has been interpretations where joker kills himself mm-hmm. and right. makes it and like breaks his own neck mm-hmm. um to make it look like batman does it some people take it as yeah no batman was finally just like screw it i'm gonna mm-hmm. do it i mean batman kills people in this new nolan not nolan verse this new like dc universe yes filming i enjoy it okay well, oh the um in the, suicide uh, squad the no, Snyderverse. Yeah, yeah, the Snyderverse. Not Superman. the Nolanverse. Right, Nolanverse, the they're still fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Batman yeah, vs. Probably. Superman is where he kills a bunch of people. Right. All the henchmen. Yo. Which, honestly, I think is a good thing. Yeah. Oh, go, get to your points. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, the whole, just from the law of numbers, like Batman could s- save a lot more people if he just killed a couple more villains. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, I don't think he should kill all his villains. There are ones that actually he could rehabilitate. Like we've seen recently in Detective Comics, Clayface has become part of the crew because Basil Carlo is not inherently evil. He just wants mm-hmm. to live a normal life. But because of his um, Mutations. mutation, he can't form a human body anymore. He's now just a clay monster. So Batman kind of comes in and is like, ah, you know, I could, I could train you. I could train you. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Poison Ivy. She, she joins the Birds of Prey. so She goes back and forth a lot. Yeah, she does. Same thing with Catwoman, Harley yeah. Quinn. But, but, the, but Poison Ivy and Catwoman, they don't kill, right? That's not part of their MO. Uh, Poison Ivy has killed before if it has like any... If someone's done something negative to the environment, like, she will kill. Right, yeah. but, but that's, there's, a, there's a moral code there. She's not murdering for the sake of like... Like the, no, she's out for like vengeance against. Yes. Her, right, but again, there's you know. a moral code that she's adhering by. She's she's lo- she's like lawful n- neutral or lawful lawful evil. evil. Yeah. yeah, lawful evil. Okay, she starts off lawful evil and then probably ends up turning more neutral. Yeah, she has like her own uh, lawful code, like with the environment, anything right. that protects the environment. And Catwoman as well, right? Catwoman might be Black Hat now and again, but she's not like a murderer. She's a she's uh, a cat burglar who right, just gets exactly. himself into bad situations. Catwoman's definitely the most interesting one because she helps Batman. Everything has to be on how well it helps herself. Mm-hmm. So if doing the right thing helps herself, she'll align with Batman. Mm-hmm. If doing the wrong thing helps right, herself, I mean, she's she'll neutral. align with she's whoever. like true neutral. Yeah, uh, except 
most recently. Uh, I feel like I'm just going to keep throwing down cards like this oh, is what good. happened. No, it's all good. That's what the whole point of this is. Uh, she, most recently, she was a crime boss. And oh, during okay. that time, she killed about like 120 people as part of trying to keep order, which has brought a huge like weight on Batman because he's like, oh, I was so cool with you before. But now that you've killed people, I don't know right. how our relationship will progress. So uh, Was her name Fish Mooney? <laughs> she looked a lot. Well, hold like, on. That's interesting. If, yeah. if Catwoman wasn't a friend of Batman, if if she was just a crime boss, would Batman have already thrown her in in prison? Probably yeah. her out. Yeah, I mean Batman. I mean, having a history with someone, good and bad, you know uh, that that like in, like there have been Batman's times moral where, code is like mm-hmm. there's is. times where Jim Gordon does things that are not you know lawful or good and kind of against Batman, and Batman yeah. has a hard time dealing with it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Carry on. Uh, yeah. So, so what? Um, so you're saying there's only certain ones. Which ones do you think he should kill? The ones that are, have no sense of rehabilitation, because that that's my other problem with Batman. So what you're saying is you're for the death penalty? You know, actually, I'm not. <laughs> Just Batman Just death penalty. Bat, yeah, Batman penalty. Because I'm, I'm thinking more in that world. If if it was our world and Batman's able to put someone in jail, like 99 percent of our. Uh, uh, people don't escape from jail, right? But but real world, real world. There's a Joker. There's a psycho killer who keeps getting out of jail from all sorts of different maximum security stuff. And two in the back of the head. Let's people. do it. Yeah. Would you Would you advocate death penalty? In that yeah. That guy's not like that guy's beyond rehabilitation. Okay. And that's that's my next point with Batman is he Batman is insane. He does the same thing over and over and expects a different result. He beats the crap out of the villain, puts him in jail, mm. and then that's it. That's the end of his job. The best he does is try to prevent crime. When he doesn't even try to rehabilitate, except for most recently, you could say with Clayface, but even Clayface was getting good or getting better at that point. But that's also because it's to Batman's advantage more than anything. Right. It's it's good for him to have another hero yeah. on his side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, for the rehabilitation. And Wait, so you're saying Batman's a crazy person? Well, yeah, I guess there's that. No, he definitely, Batman is definitely a crazy person. <laughs> hmm, that's interesting. There's whole books written on the psychology of Batman. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I've seen people talk about it before. It's actually really interesting. Yeah. Even Batman and his rogue gallery was just, each one has a different type of uh, mental illness that mm-hmm. pushes them to their specific crime. And so essentially Batman is like an amalgamation of trying, is like a brain trying to function with a bunch of different mental illnesses. And Batman's like the neutral that's co- trying to combat all these. But you see how each mental illness essentially overtakes and how it warps the standard neutral of a mind mm-hmm. yeah which i doubt is what they went for when they first wrote the character <laughs> but it's actually it's a very it's a it's a fun study to do and it's it's shown like how uh, with the uh, hands of different writers how batman changes over the years mm-hmm. just like from comical to dark and serious and that's i mean he wasn't serious until frank miller came in yeah true you know the 1980s was when was it 85 Mm, I want to say it's like 86, but I could be wrong. But, I mean, it was Dark Knight Returns that turned Batman. So it wasn't even current-day Batman. It was literally putting Batman as an old man in the future where he's calloused and just hates everyone Mm -hmm. to turn him dark in present day. Wow. So it it was just such a huge hit, and people resonated with it so much that they're just like, okay, we're just going to do this with Batman now. But up until then, he was still campy. Like, there were serious moments here and there. I Adam West Batman whenever I think of, like... My favorite Batman. Yeah, that's I mean, Batman. that's kind of... That's pretty campy. That's still how, like, the comics were, like, a little bit more serious than that up until Dark Knight Returns. Right. Yeah. I mean, the image I always have in my head is is Adam West running with the bomb 
the comically large yeah. bombs on his head, which is like a shark repellent. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. the yeah. Um, I'll just wait till you see Lego Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard they make references to all that. Kind of yeah, cool. check that out too. I'm watching it tonight. You should come. They make reference to literally every Batman movie in oh, a span of like three sentences. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so so where are we in this argument? Um, Batman so, should be no, killing so people. Yeah, so my Batman's my question person. to Kirk is, which villains, which part of his rogue gallery do you think are incurable? Incurable. Um, Joker, straight off the bat. Uh, I think Two-Face is incurable, despite the fact that he has a duality. His, his his inclination is to tend go towards the evil more than yeah, the good. He has the duality just just to have the duality almost. Yeah, just kind of like a gimmick. Like, oh, what's Two Face going to do? He's going to stab me in the back. Yeah. Well, well, does Two Face do that because of narrative decisions or because of the character of Two Face? Uh, that's a good point. I think it's more because right, I mean, like the duality is part of the character, but the stabbing in the back may be narrative. I think it's the fact that he used to be good feels he got stabbed in the back and is now out to stab anyone else but do, in the but, back. But again, do you think the character is doing that or do you think the narrative is doing that? Like, uh, how character. much agency does he have within the story? That, that's, a hard, that's a hard question because anything could be narrative. Like, yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah, I would say it's more character that mm-hmm. he's just... He's, he he's, leans he toward feels the, he's been betrayed before, so he's out there betraying everyone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he's... Two-Face is the guy. He'll betray you before you can betray him. Smart man. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I would say... I'm kind of in up in the air about Riddler, except most recently uh, Zero Year, where he just took a whole city hostage and kind of tortured everyone to. No, no, no that was Bane. It's no, both. you're thinking of you're thinking <laughs> no, of Nightfall. Know, yeah, they do it a lot. Uh, <laughs> Gotham is irredeemable, but yeah, let's just burn Gotham well, well, to the well, ground. Well, That's on. what I think well, we're well, gonna okay. go over to okay. Metropolis. Razak, we'll slow down for a moment. Um, <laughs> quick question. So we're we I think we can agree on a couple things already. We can agree that there are some villains that are too dangerous to to keep alive. Yeah. Um, and that Batman needs to ultimately make the decision, or the state needs to make the decision to like end these people's lives as opposed to try and put them on trial. Or it's, like, it's Arkham that keeps getting in the way because they always classify as mental illness. So it was like, you can't kill right. them. And so the asylum, right, takes them in. Yeah. Right. What I'm getting at is, is at a certain point, why aren't we killing Batman? Or why don't we like going after him? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, if he if he doesn't have if he keeps doing this thing that we consider him to be insane for that that he keeps the idea that he's drawing more insane people to him by doing what well, yeah, I mean, like he's also he's kind of fueling this rivalry Mm -hmm. between the Joker. Like, if he wasn't alive, would the Joker even care to continue living, or would he like off himself because like there's no longer the the joke's over, right? I think Joker would be the only one to do so, right? But even still, like, if if Batman kills him, or like if the state decides to kill Batman, right? Gotham continues to be like a hive of villainy and scum and corruption. Yeah. Right. And now there's a gap of hero. Wouldn't just the rest of the hero world come in to s- fill that gap? Like, wouldn't uh, Superman? Not necessarily. Could, not Why Superman. not? No, Why everyone kind of has their own territory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every you know, it's like right, in but, Marvel, but, everyone's got their own city they're saving. You know, DC, right, but yeah, if, pretty if much in every, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right, but if there's a void within within the the community, like that'll get filled. Like that's how yeah, Daredevil but it is comes to be, but, right? Daredevil but is, fill the void. Yeah, but in it Hell's is, Kitchen. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure someone will fill the void in honor of Batman, but at some point, it's never going to be as good as Batman or anyone in the Justice League. We well, don't know that. Well, uh, well, what if the Justice League just took Gotham and they were just like, okay, we have to clean the shit out of Gotham. Well, here's the thing: since you so, and let well, them just level the place and clear it all out. I mean, just to go super nerdy on you. 
if you're going to say, all right, we need to kill Batman, what about Dick Grayson? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Todd may come back and be good Red Hood for a little bit. <laughs> you know, you never know which way he's going to flip on a given right. day. Uh, you got um, yeah, I mean, Tim Drake. You got, uh, is Damien still alive? Damien's alive. Okay. And these are all the Robins and other Batmans? Or? Yeah. No, these are all canon Robins. Okay. All, so all what Robins. about them? Are you saying we should kill the Robins too? That's what I'm wondering. So, I mean, if you think someone's going to come back and take over, it may most likely any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, and then you judge them based on their history. Like, if they start killing people like the Joker and absolutely insane murderers who take out, like, entire groups of people, like, yeah, you off those guys because you treat them as a villain as well for not... Following the law? Well, not for following... Like, here's the thing, right? So if Dick Grayson, one of the Robins, Mm -hmm. if Dick Grayson comes in and steps in for Batman, he continues to not kill Joker as well, and Joker keeps getting out and killing a bunch of people, like, yeah, then... You you take Dick Grayson out because he's enabling Joker to continue. So you want you want Jason Todd Red Hood? Does he kill? Yes. Does he like Punisher? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what that's what Batman should basically become is the Red Hood, or like his his way of dealing with crime. So the deal with Jason Todd, um, he was kidnapped by Joker, beaten within an you think in like beaten with a crowbar, mm-hmm. and Batman couldn't get to him in time. Because <laughs> by the time he found out, you know, and it's too the, late. Yeah, it's too late. Excuse me. So, you think Jason Todd's dead? He's dead for a long time. Yeah. And then eventually, someone shows back up in this Red Hood outfit, which people say the Red Hood was originally Joker. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a new revamped version of the Red Hood is now uh, Jason Todd, and he's more of an outlaw than mm-hmm. anything. He's He's more of a mercenary at this point. Yeah. He's not afraid to kill, but he'll do evil and he'll do good. It all depends on pretty much who's paying him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So kind of Deadpool-y. No it, it, without the, yeah, right. without the comedy. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so he's just like a mercenary for hire. He's a merc. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much a bipolar mercenary. Well, well here, here's, here's a good question. Um, so if, if Batman starts killing, does that take something away from the character of Batman? Uh, it probably changes his like morality. Is well, is that okay to do? Like, if if we change the character of Batman, is that a positive move? Like, do you think fans would react positively to a, a murderous Batman or a Batman that oh. kills villains? See, I my whole idea is that he should start killing because it'll help Gotham better. It'll, right, it'll, it'll be make, the greater good. I'm not really, I don't really entirely care how the fans feel about it. It's just it makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. David yeah, looks at everything from a marketing and money standpoint. <laughs> well, no, as we I, have found out. <laughs> that's not entirely true. What I'm saying is like so part of the draw to Batman you, is so, Batman is in an Batman is is uh uh oh my god, what's the the Greek dude who pushes the rock up the hill? Someone help me out. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about, but uh, Mike yeah. Atlas? Atlas? No, not Mm-mm. Atlas. No. Pushes the rock up the hill. Whatever. Okay, yeah. I mean it, part of the draw to Batman is like Batman Batman pushes the rock up the hill and then it it rolls back and it's just like it's in this constant struggle against gotham right yeah so like if he stopped if he started really cleaning out the streets punisher style like would that then kind of take away from batman's personal struggle i think he would mm, see batman focuses too much on his struggle of i need to avenge my parents or i need to make sure this never happens when he should go further and eliminate the source of all the villainy and just be okay with it. I think he's holding on to his parents' death way too much. Yeah, I mean, his whole thing is I've seen you 
you know, I've seen death and I don't like it. So right. I want to make sure the people who are causing that stop, but I'm not willing to do what they do. Batman's whole, Batman. Uh, yes. The myth of Sisyphus. Sisyphus. The Sisyphusian yes. task. Um, so with Batman, it's, I don't, I'm not going to kill because that puts me at your level and he believes he is better than that. Right. right. But also, so yeah, if, if Batman starts killing, it changes his whole morality. But he's also morale. I mean, morality talking about that, like he's, he's also objectively not a good person. No. If he continues to not make the decision to kill murderers. Yeah. I mean, but that depends on how you look at it because there have been times where he has put people into situations that end up getting them killed, but he didn't directly kill them. Right. So if that's anything, he could do, that's interesting. If anything, he could probably end up doing more and more like that when they, but wouldn't the that start, if he started doing more of that, wouldn't he become like a supervillain? If he's like putting people into like saw like traps of like, no, 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 not like that. Right. Not what I'm talking about. So what I'm, so against bad odds. Of, well, either way, like, you know, here's here. Just uh, let me, one of the dumbest moves I think that's happened was the reveal of who actually killed Batman's parents. Joe. Oh, cool. Joe. Cool. Right. Yeah. You know that story. Yeah. So it was like a two. Uh, it was only like two issue arc. Maybe Joe one. Chill. Joe chill. Joe chill. Um, it was, I think it might've been like one or two issues. It wasn't that big of a thing, but so he finds out who killed his parents, Joe chill. And so he starts kind of like stalking him around the streets and he's like, I know and he like goes to him. He's like, I create, you know, you killed my parents because of you. I am who I am today. And, you know, puts him off like right in the, you know, beats him up a little bit. Then he runs back to the mobster's house, the hideout. And Joe chill goes in there. He's like, Oh my God, I just, Batman just took me. He followed me here and he beat me up and said, I created him cause I killed his parents. And the mobsters are like, you're the cause of all our problems. Plus, you just led Batman right here and kill him. <laughs> okay. So there's situations like that. Like I don't know if Batman saw that coming. He probably did. Yeah. Um. So I mean, he could definitely do situations like that. I'm not talking saw like traps because right. that's you, still right. murder. You just send them. you send the the character into a into a situation where the odds are stacked against when they're probably yeah. going to die. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a moral gray area there, right? Is is Batman killing those people, or is Batman just like setting them up for failure, which I guess is kind of bad as well. I, I don't know. Like, that's confusing. But, but what I'm getting at, I think, is is at what point does Batman start becoming the problem if he's not killing? Kind of already. He, he literally him also just being Batman breeds new villains, and I don't know if that's a more writer standpoint where we need to have a new villain at this point to make the story interesting mm-hmm. or if it's just him constantly because there are times where batman like let's say he stopped a crime but in doing so he influenced this kid to become a villain after watching what batman did right so, now so he has new let's let's do this for the rest of this conversation i want to break it into two categories okay we have the fictional universe of batman that we consider canon and then we have the real world of writers and artists and fans and everything. So let's keep everything. So when we talk about it, canon version, and then we talk about narrative writer version, version. Okay. narrative version. Let's so yeah, that let's way, go canonically versus. Yeah. Cause it's like, obviously people are just going to create 
Yeah, I mean, like, new yeah, villains I think, to create yeah. new villains. I think narratively, it's stronger to have Batman never kill, right? Because then he has yeah, a strong exactly. moral code. But and when like, you say, morally, like, oh, how are fans going to respond to that? I think that's, yeah, that's a, a narrative discussion. statement right. that You're he right. was Absolutely. trying to make him to begin with. Right, that's a narrative discussion as opposed to a canon discussion. Yeah. Exactly. In the canon, should Batman be killing people? I th- yeah. I, and we can talk about the narratives, you know, the narrative of right. fan response mm-hmm. afterwards. Right. All right. So, so, so give, give, give me some more points. Let's yeah. hear more about this. Well, let's talk more about the crossing the line as what Batman likes to describe like i will never kill someone because i will cross the line Mm -hmm. uh but what is so bad about crossing that line we've seen other heroes do it before we've seen jason todd red hood do it we've seen but jason todd also but these people tend to also skew into villainy at certain points at certain points but i think that also is because of their the reasoning to kill people like huntress was out for revenge so she didn't really care who got in the way um at the same time, Jason Todd was just broken. He came back from the brink, and he is just mentally unsound. Yeah. But Batman has kind of built this foundation of discipline and honor, and I think if he just adds this to there, like, I'm going to start killing people, but in a disciplined way. Like, I don't, like I already said, I don't think you should kill all of them. It's just ones that are beyond repair and don't have any, like, uh, and have exceeded the amount of people they've killed like someone maybe penguin does need to be killed because he's more of a crime boss and just Mm -hmm. like a mastermind so he should just be in jail away from everyone like riddler doesn't often kill people right just puts them in like he puts them in traps that could that could kill him if batman doesn't solve it but he kind of knows batman's gonna figure it out right Mm -hmm. he's just riddler's just all about like testing the mind and stuff and i i want to get this point clear um, about Jason Todd. I know. Let okay. me be um, clear. Uh, and just to clarify, uh, I believe Jason Todd died and they used a Lazarus pit. Right? What? Yeah. yeah. No. Okay, what so Jason Lazarus Todd pit? actually did die. Yes. Joker beat him to death. Lazarus. You think? You think. No, 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 this no. is This is canonic. Yeah, yeah I, canonic. I screwed up. Okay. I screwed up saying he, Joker di- that Jason Todd didn't die. Okay. Jason Todd died. And they used a Lazarus pit. What's a Lazarus pit? A Lazarus pit is a resurrection pool. Mm. Um, yeah. It's what Ra's al Ghul uses. Ra's al Ghul will age, get shot, whatever. He goes in a Lazarus pit and then comes back out and he's young and healthy and, you know, more powerful. Right. The thing about the Lazarus pit is anytime you go into it, you lose part of your sanity. Mm. Every time you come back from the dead or from the brink of death, part of you is gone. So that's okay. the big deal about Jason Todd. He's been in the Lazarus pit once yeah. and it screwed with his brain, you know, cause he died and now he's back and he's lost part of his humanity. And that's why he doesn't like Batman really much anymore. Cause he's like, you let Joker kill me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to kill people because I don't really care anymore. He lost part of his humanity is more right. inclined towards evil. But what's interesting about Red Hood is Batman's constantly trying to bring him back to the light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been kind of working more recently. Uh, He's had like his own. He has an ongoing comic right now with um, Bizarro Superman and some other person. But what? yeah, it's it's weird. But he's like trying to better himself uh, while still killing people because mm-hmm. he still believes like these people are beyond redemption. Yeah, but that see, and there's the there's the question though with Red Hood. He believes people are beyond redemption, but the thing is his threshold for redemption for beyond redemption is very low. Mm-hmm. You know, 
oh, you're just a gangster thug robbing from some people and you're in my way, guess what? You're beyond redemption. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. If you're not always doing good or repenting and you just think, oh, whatever, you know, I'm just a regular henchman doing evil things, you're beyond redemption to Red Hood. So the question is, when does Batman get to that once he starts killing? How quick does he devolve into anyone against me? I'm just going to snap their necks. Mm-hmm. Well, it might it might actually be really soon because I feel like as soon as we have the first official Batman confirmation kill and Gordon figures that out, now the whole police department was against him because he was already on like a thin on thin ice. And as soon as the Justice League hears that Batman's killed someone, now he has Superman in his door. So he either needs to be sneaky at his murders or just ends up doing all-out war against everyone. Yeah, and when it comes to, I mean, which Batman can do, yeah, he's tried before for sure. When it comes to, like, Superman and stuff, Superman has killed before, but Superman only kills monsters. Right. You know, like I don't, creatures. I don't, yeah, like creatures, like Doomsday or something like that. It's yeah. a giant creature. Batman doesn't really fight creatures. Right, he, he only fights, fights people. Superman will sometimes fight creatures that are being controlled by the villain or whatever. I mean, if Batman has to fight a creature, he'll kill the creature. Like, he's yeah. not the, and, you know, that's not a big mm-hmm. deal. But there are some, I guess you could say like Doomsday is a villain and a creature at the same time, but right. he's definitely tried to kill Doomsday. Because there are some threats that are just too much. The right. problem is I don't think Batman ever sees a threat as too much. Like, I'm not I'm not too big on Green Lantern, but I'm sure there's someone he's killed before. Yeah, he's they fought like millions of armies so I feel at one point they have. Yeah, like Green Lantern's been in an all out war. Uh-huh. And there's no there's no saving people in war. And I'm not yeah. talking about when he was the Phantom or the Shadow or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Is actually, oh yeah, it was actually against uh, or no, Sinestro. Uh, yeah. The whole Green Lantern Corps had a rule. They also had the same rule, no killing, until Sinestro came up against them and was just over, like, overmounting odds against them. And then they're like, you know what? We're taking out this rule. You could kill people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, save, to save yourself, you have to kill. But that's the difference. It came in a time of war. It didn't come in a time of, you know, just good versus bad. Right. Time of, of war, Batman's things are a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the specter is what I was thinking. Oh uh, yeah. When Hal Jordan goes all crazy and like disappears. <laughs> <laughs> so there, yeah. So, I mean, there have been other superheroes that have killed. Right. Um, and if you look over into Marvel side, oh, well, Marvel doesn't give a shit. No, Marvel <laughs> is like Punisher kills. Yeah. And that's Spider-Man's the thing. Kill people. X plenty yeah, of X-Men, X-Men who kill, kill people. people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting. I mean, take. Wolverine probably has the largest body count in oh, yeah. Marvel, right? Yeah, and if you ever let Mark Millar write anything, everyone <laughs> dies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and then Wolverine is also currently dead. Is that still a thing? Is he still? Yeah, dead? Yeah, I'm really surprised about that. Wolverine's yeah, still dead. Um, has Iron Man killed? Mm, I can't. No, he gave up the mantle. Where he kills. Yeah, he he recently gave well, it is up. He, isn't he still flying around with Guardians of the Galaxy? We're talking about movie or we're talking about like... No, I'm talking about like... No, no, no. That was... Comics. That was a couple years ago. He stopped okay. doing that. He stopped doing that? Yeah. He came back? Is uh, is Venom no, still um, out there? Uh, Venom is back. Because that was a funny arc when Venom and Iron Man are flying around the galaxy yeah. with Guardians. That Venom Space Knight. Yeah, Venom Space Knight. That was dope. That Venom uh, spinoff they did though where he was the CIA agent. 
Yeah, that's oh, yeah, that, that yeah. was still uh, I think Flash Thompson even in space. Yeah, yeah, that he was, was in fun. space. He that was, was doing that I have like yeah, the yeah. first like eight of those. Yeah, that was really crazy. Anyways, Batman. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so I mean, Let's that's the Batman. difference. But that's the difference. Gotta, though. I think you, you got to set something up. <laughs> so, so, so that was from kind of from the canon perspective. It's all about how does he not quickly devolve into where is the level of threshold? I think for Batman, he has to have right. I think canonically, the, he should start killing. I agree I, with Kirk. I narratively think, I disagree. I think right. can, yeah. in canon he starts killing he starts killing everyone. Right, I mean he's got a clean house. Exactly. It's not just oh, he can stop and kill certain people. To do what he does, he has to be mentally insane already. I think the reason he's so big on not killing is he knows once I do it, there's no going right. back. And yeah. that's been Cross addressed before. That has been addressed. He knows once I do it, there's no coming back, and I'm just gonna wipe well, out. Well, now hold on, everyone. hold on. So, so I'm not doing a very good job of being uh, an advocate for the devil. So let me do that for a moment. Okay. Uh, if well, if, I think we're both we're all playing both sides. Yeah, but like, okay, so Batman should start killing. You're right. Uh, is your argument what you've laid out over these last half hour, forty minutes? What I'm saying now that I am playing the advocate <laughs> is Batman should not kill. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, I can't, which I, I think I just even, made the case for. Yeah, because if, if he canon. starts killing, and he starts having to kill everybody. Yeah, yeah he's because now he knows everybody. he will snap in that synapse in his brain that just says "screw it" and let you know let the hellfire burn over right. everyone. But what if everyone's like, gonna? But die. then he proves the Joker right. But what is, who cares if the Joker's right? He's dead. Uh, Batman cares if the Joker. Yeah, Batman right. would care, and the world Batman cares, and Gotham care. cares. Right, right. If if Batman and Joker are fighting for the soul of Gotham, which I think that is yeah. very much what they are fighting for, mm. then if Batman loses, then the soul of Gotham loses as well. The soul yeah. of Gotham that right. is no longer redeemable. So that's the next question. So is, Gotham has to be cured. So Ra's al Ghul is good. So what? I'm using movie. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's thematic. totally fine. Well, I mean, literally every movie up until Batman vs Superman, he had the same moral code. Mm-hmm. Okay, but well, like does, Chris in Renolan, the comic books, does Ra's al Ghul want to destroy Gotham? Uh, uh, everyone does. Pretty much everyone okay. does. Everyone, wants, all destroy everyone either yeah. wants to rule or destroy. Uh, and that's that's the that's the crime bo- the crime bosses want to rule it. Yeah. The mm-hmm. they want to they want to continue they want to contain the madness. Yeah, and they want to pr- they just want to profit. While the moral villains want to destroy. Right. Yeah. The that's the, the narrative plan. problem is you want to show that Gotham can be redeemed but at the same time you want to keep showing that it's full of scum so you could Right. right. Is, is Batman's task ever going to be complete? I don't think so. Canonically? Uh, I, yeah, canonically. No. Narratively? Narratively, no. No, because they got to keep pumping out. There's no way there's ever going to stop because you can just do the more and more Batmans you have, the more and more generations of villains. Yeah, right, but, but why can't Batman stop it? So recently, well, not recently, maybe a couple of years ago. Canonically, why? why is, canon- yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, they did a great um, uh, anniversary issue for Detective Comics, which was filled with a bunch of different writers doing short stories. Mm-hmm. My favorite one, which I think was done by Scott Snyder, is he wrote The Future of Batman, in where Bruce, yeah, Scott. Uh, Bruce Wayne wakes up in like this clone pod, and he gets out, and then you have, like I think, uh, you have an older Batman talking to him and saying, yeah, so you're like the 27th uh, clone of he's the 26th? Yeah. Uh, you're the 27th clone of Bruce Wayne because your job is never done. And the first Batman realized that the job of Batman will never be done, so he created this whole program of a new clone being made and going through the same mental like trauma that a young Bruce did. 
So then we see like great scenes of like Batman in the post-apocalyptic world and Batman uh, in a like futuristic type of world in all iterations of them. Like his job's never done. And it's at that point, it's like, are you even, are you just being insane doing the same thing over and over expecting different results? Uh, with yeah in 27 different iterations there have been even uh a great run that i thought was cool was batman incorporated mm-hmm. he went around helping other people who weren't technically batmans but they were the batmans of their country mm-hmm. and so he went around helping those those different batmans which was right which the was same kind of vigilante justice that exactly he, he and they all he you know and he would make them adhere to the same code right and kind of train them up mm-hmm. Hmm. so i think I mean, just to switch over narratively, um, you know, from a writer's standpoint. Yeah, I mean, narratively, you can't. Well, uh, you could. You can. They've tried. You could. You could. You could move on from Batman. You could let Batman rest. In the same way that well, they have that Wolverine is dead. They've, they've killed Batman before and had Jason Todd or uh, no, 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 Dick but kill, Grayson take but, up the mantle. But don't even give up the mantle. Like just the mantle die. Let it, the mantle die narratively. But they did that with Wolverine too. Now his now X twenty three is Wolverine. Right, but what I'm saying is narratively, like let's start killing off roles. Like they're. Yeah. You can't because people are going to be pissed. They need that role to be filled, whether or not they specifically. But then whether, what did we gain from Gwen Stacy's death? What did we gain from that? Well, the, here's the Granted, thing. we didn't really gain anything because Gwen Stacy has been reborn in like 30 different ways. Well, that's a different universe. Also, yeah, no, I get that. But like even in like the main MCU, like yeah. Gwen Stacy was cloned and running around doing other stuff. But she All is right. dead right now. Yeah, but half for how long? Okay, hold on. Let's start moving on. I mean, no, like, no, 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 no. I'm, like, no, I'm, 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 I'm trying, trying to, I'm trying stories, to answer. Not, not yeah, I know. On the argument. I know. I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. but regardless of what you do, you can either have so, someone will come in, whether they take up the Batman mantle or the bat or a new mantle. Like Dick Grayson could just come back solely as Nightwing, as he already is in mm-hmm. Bloodhaven, and not have to pick up the Batman, but still do all the same stuff. Yeah. Plus, we. There are there are moments where someone has picked up the mantle, and we've gone great storylines. When Dick Grayson picked up Batman, and we got Black Mirror. Oh, Black like, Mirror! I got that right over there. That's fantastic, amazing story. And I Dude, I remember reading Jim it. Jim Gordon Jr. Yeah, it is one of the slowest burns, but the the writing that was Scott Snyder. That was right? Snyder. That was Snyder with Jacques doing art. Mm-hmm. Holy right, crap! But why don't it we is just a move on comic from... book that will freak you out. Really? You've just from people talking. Yeah. And the best part is, as I was reading it, I didn't realize uh, Bruce Wayne was dead. It was Dick Grayson the whole time under the mantle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was an arc that was put into there. But, you know, someone recommended to me after, you know, I hadn't been following for a long time. They're like, oh, yeah, read this. And I just read it. I was like, oh, wow. Like halfway through, I was like, oh, it's Dick Grayson. Batman, something happened Mm -hmm. to Batman. Whatever. Still a great story. Wow. You know, so there are ways to do it. I mean, yeah. But why don't I just end the mantle narratively? Like, just like stop letting people take out the Batman thing. I would because you want to kill one of the biggest properties ever. Well, not killing it, just put it down. Just like, dude, it's a, it's like the top property in comics. It is the biggest mm-hmm. name in See, comic books. Canonically, I would read that. I would read a what any type of story that doesn't have Batman. Like, I I'm more for the fact of taking chances and experiments like that mm-hmm. but uh, yeah the overall public they want to read batman yeah they you know a lot of fans are very stuck to what they know right but you know the overall so that's public, what they want the overall public is stupid <laughs> and and, yeah. and like there's so there are a many, lot more people out there who want it to stay than right they do but there's so to. many years pre-batman where batman would never existed 
right? And like people weren't clamoring to get Batman because it didn't, it wasn't a thing. So why can't Batman just not be a thing anymore? And let DC fill the void with other great storylines. Like, because, take but, the same... but here's the thing: it's still going to be someone in a similar role, whether you call them Batman or not. It's still going to fill a mut, a very similar role. Like just because X twenty three. You can still call her X twenty three, but she's going to be doing the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, as she's, Wolverine. she's taking up the role of Wolverine. She is now fighting Wolverine's right, villains. But do we have to have a Batman battles. role narratively? Can we have? I feel like canonically we have to because they've always made the. Uh, yeah, but what if we had someone in more of a Punisher role? Like if Batman stopped being a thing and Batman was and like someone came in new who was like as strong and mm-hmm. as influential as the Batman. They have that. Well, but like not on the same level as like like what. Uh, uh, who, who, Red Hood. Uh, okay, so if Red Hood. Uh, I mean, Red Hood isn't on the same level as Batman, though, right? I mean, like no. Batman could still best Red Hood. What I'm saying is, yeah. take somebody like the Punisher, throw him into Gotham, who's as effective as Batman, but he kills. He has a different moral code, and let that be the new narrative. Like, canonly or canonically, like that might still work. Like, you'd still have you'd have a new influence on the Gotham that would be right. changing, and it would be a different storyline. You could do that characters. now with red hood where he's at because he can just come in and then eventually within a year or two work up to where batman was and now he's you know things he's been learning here and there because mm-hmm. you're yeah, never going to throw someone you can't you definitely can't but and just you add... would see a drop you want to talk about you know you know what sells i mean well hold on did marvel drop. did marvel have a drop when wolverine died uh honestly i haven't looked at the statistics uh there, they did get a lot of sales off the Death of Wolverine line. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have get... all of those comic books and the alternative copies, the alternative covers. Like, I love those books. Yeah, I mean, you will get. That's the thing. Anytime you're doing a big storyline where someone's going to die, they'll buy it because they're interested. They want right. to see how someone who supposedly never dies finally dies. Right. You so, know, like, it doesn't matter who the superhero is. So people will do that. I mean, remember the death of Superman and how huge of a deal that was. Right, yeah, that was a huge deal. Uh, and did DC it, drop off after that without Superman? Well, that was comics? Death of Superman is considered like one of the worst worst comics because that was the time where people thought, oh, I need to get this comic because it's gonna be worth a lot. Except DC like printed a lot of it, so those comics are worthless. Yeah, because they did like a special cover and everything, yeah. and it was just like, oh no, pretty much everyone has this. Right, but so but, hold on, because because again, it's. Well, never mind. I <laughs> no, I'm trying to get. I I understand what you're saying. You're just not getting the answer you want, so you keep coming back to I, it. I don't think I'm not getting the answer I want. I, what I'm trying to get at is like I don't necessarily understand like why why we can't sell comic books. Why can't we just sell good comics and just like not have to because things don't work it. that way. Unfortunately, that's funky to me. see, but that's that's why you have things like Image and Dark Horse yes. and stuff. That's where you go to sell good comics. Exactly. So essentially, you got you got indie comics and you got uh, mainstream comics. You right. got and so the mainstream comics aren't going to narratively take out their their big product. No, but Image and D and uh, Vertigo mm-hmm. and you know Dark things Horse like that. And those guys they'll have yeah. they'll most likely have no problem killing someone off. Oh, doing a new story because they're more creator driven than they are the money driven so if you want to do that you have to go somewhere smaller but it's i mean it's like any big major studio they're not going to kill off yeah you they're know, when we were talking about Die Hard, we could have had mm, new john mcclain's yeah but john mcclain is john mcclain batman is yeah. batman i mean there's still we're still doing 007 movies exactly yeah, i mean the franchise is valuable so you have to continue the franchise exactly yeah, yeah. so and so do you think that the narrative then or the 
the the franchise having to continue do you think that skews the canon into making batman continue this insanity like yeah. like if if for instance there batman was introduced as a single arc like we only got one batman arc and in that arc like he did do this like repetition thing of like he's just being insane yeah do you think do you think you'd still have the same argument of like Batman should kill? Or do you think the reason you feel that Batman should kill is because we we're getting stale now in Batman? Um, there have been plenty of spinoffs and alternative universes where he might have done that. His I mean, father so, kills people. Yeah, there's an alternative mm-hmm. universe where um, during the Flashpoint universe, Bat- instead of Martha and Bruce, or Martha and uh, Thomas. Tom, Thomas dying, Bruce Wayne dies right. in the alley. Thomas becomes Batman. Martha becomes the Joker. So oh, wow. Yeah, I have that. The Night of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That reveal at the end is crazy <laughs> good. But Batman kills people. He's like, they killed my son. I'm going to take them all out. Yeah. And honestly, I want to read more of that. Like, I want to see where that goes, but we yeah. haven't really. No, after the whole Flashpoint thing, they just scrapped it all, which is fine. It, was supposed to, it wasn't supposed to be anything longer. Right. And I'm glad they didn't expound on it because it could have just made it worse. Right. Certain things, just draw the line, good to go. I'm okay with that. Okay. So, And I think the thing is, if you're reading comic books and you want that, you're going to go find it. Mm-hmm. But like, You're going to look up reviews. You're going to talk around to people at shops and different things. You'll find that superhero that you want. People who are just reading Batman just, just want, want Batman. Batman. You're reading yeah. Batman because you want So they Batman. just want to see Batman go through that same insanity loop that we've been talking because about. Because most of what makes a ser- uh, a hero interesting is their villains. Mm-hmm. So you kill off their villains, it could make them much less interesting. Okay. See, I would I would recommend So it's narratively dangerous to do so. Very. But you not could, canonically dangerous. No. Canonically mm-hmm. it makes Batman insane. Right. Yes. But narratively it sells comics. Yes. I would actually recommend anyone to read the Snyder uh, Scott Snyder um run of Batman, like I think it's 50 issues where it jumps into a whole new set of villains that are really interesting, the Court of Owls, and it kind of delves into Batman's mind and even his relationship with Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to spoil this to anyone. Yeah, I have the first 12. I have Court of Owls through um, Death of the Family. Death, Death of the Family. So, so we're risking going a little long. Do, do, are there any other points you want to hit on uh, for, for why Batman should we kill? We can go as long as we want. Uh, I realize that we're coming close to the hour mark, and I'd like also, to also you got to think across. the first nine minutes were us. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> we're probably going to cut off like a ton of that. But. Yeah, so we're fine. We're we're chilling. As as far as other points, like I could keep going on the um, the whole crossing the line aspect uh, because it's an idea of he's just scared of this imaginary line in his head, and we there could be a possibility where he crosses it and still is and has enough mental fortitude to say i'm not going to kill all these other people he he definitely can have that but i don't think he does okay i think that's where you got to draw the i think that's where you've got to figure out as as a this is where everything comes in as interpretation do right. you feel that he has that or not and they've put into canon no i can't do it cuz i know i'll just go on a murderous rampage mm-hmm. you know like he, he's gotten close i think it was during that red hood reveal arc with hush yeah yeah he definitely wanted to (laughs) you know there's definitely yeah there's definitely been times where he's been very close he comes very close very often but he it's that idea of if i do this will i ever stop and he doesn't think he can Mm -hmm. right so he's afraid of his own kind of mentality yeah and possible insanity yeah okay i'm gonna bring up the last point here okay 
So say Batman's fine, doesn't need to kill people. Here's the main problem. Why the hell is Gotham and Arkham constantly releasing these people and letting them escape? Where's the security? Where's the money to make it a better place? Like, okay, everyone keeps escaping, so make it a better place. Use the money, the taxpayer dollars that you're getting in to freaking boost those place up and make it more escape proof is there a narrative reason why that happens uh, no <laughs> old narrative yes is, just is, there, is there a canon keep, reason why that happens uh canon not really but actually that does remind me remind me of another point bruce wayne should use more of his like influence to maybe like boost up uh well arkham. Clean, yeah boost up arkham clean the justice system of like any corrupt judges and police people yeah i mean why why doesn't he do what mr fantastic and iron man and all those superheroes do in marvel where they start building superhero prisons yeah no that's they have like a ring of like nine superhero prisons yeah no that's what i'm saying is like the security at these places is god awful and it's like you're all a bunch of police obviously the police have become lazy because they just expect batman to do it for them Mm -hmm. and so like batman's just running around being and also there's corruption and there's also corruption within the (laughs) city there's corruption within the city yeah so therefore you know people are going to be on different payrolls are a lot of release are you suggesting that batman wants to be doing this oh no i'm not saying batman's Mm. the one doing it but i'm saying that there are different people right, who are but, paying to get these but, guys out. And then if you got someone like uh, Hugo Strange running Arkham like you yeah. did in the video games, everyone just gets free. Right, but, but if Batman if Batman is Bruce Wayne, which he is, and he is a billionaire and very yeah. influential politically, like... I don't know why he hasn't done anything about it. He could privatize He could privatize Arkham. Yeah, fi- I mean, financially, he could do it himself. But, yeah. but him not doing it is a choice, canonically. I think he... I think it's to stay away from the idea that he's linked to batman well he he has used his bruce wayne persona to like kind of boost up the city like in uh i think it was core vowels he wants to like make gotham a more shining representation like what his parents thought it should be closer to metropolis yeah uh except not ge- geographically like batman versus superman treasures no <laughs> uh they're technically supposed to be like pittsburgh and new york yeah Oh, I thought it was Chicago in New York. Is it in Chicago? BBS? I think so. Okay. It's either... Well, the movie... Wait, in BBS sh- or in the comics? In the, the comics. comics. Okay. What, where are they in BBS? Uh, right across the bay from it. It's like, oh, New, York. Yeah, it's like yeah, New York, right. New Jersey. That's dumb. Gotham's like New Jersey in that yeah. one. Um, yeah, there's... Uh, yeah, in the comics, it's hard because you see a lot of Pittsburgh. You see a lot of... Pittsburgh makes sense because of all the bridges. Mm-hmm. Chicago just because it's like the second major city. So it really all depends on how you want to look at it. I, I like the idea of Pittsburgh a lot better, that steel city, this yeah, kind of right, dirtier yeah. city. It's industrial. It's a very industrial city, and Gotham has always been kind of an industrial city. Yeah. So And that's where they shot most of the uh, Batman stuff. So maybe that's, that's why Batman shouldn't kill people, though. Maybe Batman shouldn't kill because he is insane and wants to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Which is why he doesn't use his influence as Bruce Wayne to privatize Arkham. Well, I have, I have a big this problem. insane bastard. I have a big problem when people are trying to solve a problem by fixing the symptoms when you should really go for the source. And Batman is just trying to clean up sim- symptoms of crime when he should try to go and maybe... Right, he's not dealing with the root cause. Yeah, like fix education, fix a, a criminal justice system. Does that make him a bad super villain or a superhero? No, because that's not a superhero's goal. That's that should be Bruce Wayne's goal, and that's what makes Bruce Wayne bad, not yeah, Batman. Exactly. Okay. Like Alfred is his constantly being like, "Hey, maybe you should do something in the light." Like yeah. you have money, don't use it on toys. Yeah, 
Right. Stop buying Lamborghinis. Start buying orphanages. But the thing is, as anyone will tell you, Bruce Wayne is the mask. Batman is the real man. Yeah. Right. Uh, similarly to Superman, Kal El. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Kal El is Superman. Right. But Kal El is. There's Clark Kent in there, Superman. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. My mistake. Yeah. Clark <laughs> Kent is the mask. Yeah. Kal El and Superman are, you know, Equal, interchangeable. Right. Right. So Superman is the person and Ka- and uh, Clark, Clark Kent, Kent is, is the mask. mask. Yes. So they're trying to say that Batman's the same way? Yeah. Is that piggybacking? No. No, I think that's any superhero. They become the superhero more than they uh, do the person. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man's a mask. At least in DC. Okay. I'll, let's just stick to DC. Right. It, it depends on, like, I guess, where they start focusing their time more on who they consider themselves as and their primary goals as a person. Because, like, Spider-Man is, most of the time, he's like, I just kind of want to live a better life. Yeah, well, Spider-Man, yeah. Uh, the, the great thing about Spider-Man is Spider-Man is trying to walk that line of being a superhero and yeah. being himself and yeah. being Peter Parker. You know, Captain America is... Right, I mean, it's... Captain it's, America is the person, Steve Rogers is the mask. Right. Um, but well, a lot of those times, they already have their name revealed, so it's really not right. that well, yeah. I mean, there's deal. a really interesting arc during... Like all the mutants, all the X-Men. Do you guys remember uh, Superior Spider-Man when Doc yeah. Ock took over? Yeah, yeah I read and, all that. And the reason Doc Ock was a better Spider-Man was because he was a better Peter Parker. Yes. Like, he focused on being Peter Parker and not trying to walk the line, and he was better at being both. But he wasn't a better Spider-Man. No, well, yeah. I mean, he wasn't a better, he wasn't a better hero. Right. But he's a better Peter Parker, and he was, a, he was a great Peter Parker. He was a mediocre hero. Yeah. Yeah, and Peter Parker does both mediocre because he can't fo- I mean, he's half-assing two things instead of whole-assing one thing. Well, he does better at, like, Spider-Man than Superior Spider-Man was. The, like, the, the problem, he's really bad at being Peter Parker. Yeah. The problem with any superhero it. is... Obviously, you want to live that normal, you know, that normal life. But you have this call to do something bigger than yourself that constantly right. takes away you the call from everything. Being your just being a normal life is focusing on yourself. Being a superhero is focusing on that call to be bigger than yourself. So mm-hmm. when you become that, when you try to fit that normal role, you feel like you're not doing as much as you can. So you have to go put on that mask. That's right. why almost no superhero is good in their personal life. And good at being a superhero. It's right. one or right. the they other, and it always time. has been. Right. Interesting. So, so let's kill Bruce Wayne, because Bruce Wayne is the villain. All right. Possibly. There you go. Yeah. And Batman can continue living. Which they yeah. faked Bruce Wayne's death before. Yeah. Yeah, but Bruce Wayne continues to live, and that continues to be a problem. <laughs> All right. You've well, got to kill the Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, I think the main problem just comes down to uh, beefing up security at Arkham and... Uh, yeah, Gotham, so let's handle Gotham that first. General. So yeah. okay, fix Gotham. So here's the game plan. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna contact Bruce Wayne. We're gonna get Bruce Wayne on the phone. Sounds yeah. good. In the podcast, and we're gonna tell him beef up security at Arkham. Hit him up on Twitter until and then <laughs> yeah, and then divest all of your your financial interest into uh, you know I don't know like someone else's hand who isn't <laughs> fucking insane. Uh, yeah. Then kill yourself. Let Lucious Dick Grayson Fox. take over Batman. Uh, and right. then we've fixed Gotham. There you oh, go. Oh, there you go. Right. destiny will never be fulfilled. Yeah. There we go. We figured it out, everyone. <laughs> we we did it. You know what? Satisfied. Stop writing comic books. We figured it out. <laughs> yeah, Batman's we got done. to the bottom of it. Batman's done because of now. It's all thanks to people like you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Kirk. Well, thank Anything you for inviting you want, me. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you want to plug? Twitter, uh, Instagram, any of that? Well, if, you if, could uh, follow me you know. at Kirk underscore Blackwood, just how it sounds, like Captain Kirk, not... Uh, like uh, Kurt 
K-U-R-T, but K-I-R-K underscore B-L-A-C-K-W-O-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and not Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. This was a fun conversation. Oh, yeah. It was nice. After the last one we had, David knew way more, and now I was glad to... Yeah, we're bouncing back and forth. Yeah. We're, you know, we're really flexing the idea of the host co-host thing. It's all about learning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've learned a lot from this podcast. Cool. Mostly that I should read more Batman. I have a couple yeah. you can borrow that yeah, are really for sure. good. For sure. I'll give you Black Mirror and Hush. Yeah, those Excellent. are good ones. I'm looking forward to one of those. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that, that podcast with Kirk and Matt. Uh, I've been your host, Dave Navarro, and this is, but that's my opinion, man, just a podcast. <laughs> thanks, everyone. I hope you <laughs> <laughs> do the same thing for the intros and outros, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope you guys did enjoy that. Very nerdy. Very fun, and uh, and Kirk was yeah. a, a a spot on guest to have. He was fantastic. Yeah. He was hope lovely. to have him on again soon, talking more nerdy stuff. Yeah, Kirk, come, come back, back. <laughs> <laughs> baby, come back. You can blame no. it. I just want to do the. Me. I just want to do the wrestling chant. Of, Please come back. Please, anytime at PWG, it's someone's first time, mm-hmm. and they like kill it. They always go. Please come back. Please come oh, back. That's dope. Yeah. So Kirk, please come back. Please come back. You can blame it all on me. All right, baby. So you can follow the podcast on Twitter at btjmopod, facebook.com slash btjmopod. Feel free to write in it, but that's just my opinion, pod at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dave J. Navarro, I think. That might be accurate. Yeah, if you go to the Twitter, I'm going to update with your... Oh, cool. Uh, I'll put you in the uh, show link. And when YouTube goes live thing. in two or three weeks... That would I know. I well. wait. This is a thing. My video essays. Oh, your video essays. I thought Come you on. meant like this podcast. No, fuck no. We might do that for playing a board game. Maybe one day. But whether you, which agree... is next week's episode. <laughs> oh, do you, you want to try it? Do you yeah. actually want to try? Okay, I'd be down. First off, song this week. Oh yeah, I gotta get my song this, this is your week. song. This, this week. is my song this week. Um, do you like how I force your hand in moving the podcast along? So I force the intro on this one. Well, because you always get me on tangents, and then yeah. you're like, "Matt, we're off topic." Oh, yeah. you, to <laughs> you started it. I know, but I gotta, you know, we gotta touch, we gotta touch on these tangents and then keep moving. See, that's the thing. I'm yeah. the one who edits it, so I know, like, I'm consciously thinking about edit points, so it's all good. All right. So there's so, no nonsense in this podcast. <laughs> is what you're oh no, there's a lot of nonsense. Senseless episode. I love nonsense. But the episode or the song this week, geez is by a band that is no longer together unfortunately called major league they're a fun pop punk Mm -hmm. band from started around like late 2000s and uh this song is one of their first songs it's called the truth is and i it's one of the first songs i ever heard by them i really enjoy it and i hope you guys do too and so david's gonna try the final tagline uh whether you agree or disagree i don't really care because that's just my opinion man close Hit me. <laughs> Whether you agree or disagree with us, that's just our opinion. Man. I'm adding I'm adding man now. That's just a thing now. Yeah, that's it.